Hi, in today's drop from food futurologist Dr Morgan Gay, she discusses the question of why the fat-free fad of the 1980s made us fatter. Really? Can you tell us why the fat-free fad of the 1980s ultimately made us fatter? Well, I don't know if you remember the videos from the 1970s, pop videos, 70s, early 80s, because when you look back, everybody had snake hips. And it was a time when people were eating full fat everything. And then the fat-free fad came in. It was the biggest diet craze of the time. It was before the polyunsaturated trend, the antioxidant, the prebiotic, the probiotic, the protein trend that we're just kind of at the end of. All of these trends are about highlighting a little bit of science, magnifying it, distorting it, and then packaging it in as many possible ways for brands to sell more stuff. But fat satiates. It makes us feel full. It makes us feel satisfied. It's a whole food. It exists in nature. It exists in avocados and in nuts and in meat and fish. And when you take fat out, you have to replace it with something. So in the early 80s, in the 80s, they replaced it with what they had, which was cheaper and easier to promote, which was sugar and additives, much more addictive. And the body doesn't recognize that as a natural whole food. So if you think about indigenous populations eating whale blubber, uh, they don't get fat on that. But what they all get ill, fat and sick with bad teeth is sugar. So when you start adding sugar in and taking out the fat, you want to eat more, A, because sugar makes you want to eat more, but also you don't have the satiation of the fat at the same time. So it's like a double negative. It's a really bad, bad thing for everyone. And if you think about fast food restaurants now and junk food now, they are using a thing called the perfect triad, which is sugar, fat, and salt. When you put those three things in together, two of which don't really naturally occur in the way in those two pure forms in nature, you put those three things together and obesity knocks because it's delicious. Wow. So we need to get back to eating more natural fat-based foods. Just eat less processed. If you're going to eat, if you're going to drink milk, drink full fat milk. The best you can buy, you know, organic, grass pasture, grass fed, whatever. But absolutely, I mean, there was a, there was a woman who decided to lose weight by following a recipe book from the wall. And it was made with things like uh -huh. everything was made with lard and like it was pretty full on, but she just ate everything from this wartime recipe book. And I think she did yeah. it for a few months and she lost a lot of weight. It was like a lot of lard. I was shocked when I woke going to Whole Foods to buy some bacon. And they have it saying sugar-free on some of it. You go like, this, this bacon, not even packaged bacon, bacon in the, the butcher's cabinet. You know, so if that one's sugar-free, yeah. the other ones have sugar? Yeah. You go, Why would you put sugar it's, in bacon? Well, because again, it's salty, it's fatty, just adding that third thing and it sweetens up the meat and it makes you think it's more delicious. It's like honey roasted ham. It's not that far away. So one of the things with ham, you know, what they tend to do is inject it with sugar water to make it bigger. You get, you know, companies make more money from that. You so when we go in to buy, I mean, I'm talk, not talking about going into McDonald's, which does have about eight grams of sugar in every burger. But from going into Whole Foods to buy a burger to make at home, or to, to eat at home, is that likely to have sugar in it as well? 
depends. You'd have to read the you'd have to read the label. I mean, ideally, in the ideal world, you know, my mum was a butcher, and what she used buy to do back, back in the day, beef. she used to actually buy the meat and grind it herself into the ground beef. So she knew what the steak was. She knew what the meat was already. Then she'd grind it, and then she'd make stuff from that. So the closer you can get to source, the better. I mean, the next step would be to have your own cow. You know, but the closer, the closer you get this is, you know, who's got the space. But, you know, you've got to get as close as you can to knowing what your food is and where it's come from. That's the reality. I mean, all these brands, they're, they're full of lovely people doing a job to, to feed the world, to keep the shareholders happy and kind of sell you what you think you want. I mean, like I said, and like I talk about what you think you want, what you need and not the same thing. Oh, terrifying. Um, <laughs> it's exciting because, well, we have more knowledge than we've ever had before, so it's great. Okay, folks, that's all for now. Come back tomorrow for some more of Dr. Morgan Gay's Food Futurology Insights and Trends.